Menopause Moment, Brief Conversations, Deep Knowledge. The number one show for women coping with perimenopause and menopause because no woman should go through menopause alone. Welcome to Menopause Moment. I'm Susan Barancini Mo. This episode is sponsored by Medterra, our CBD, your health. Today I'm talking about depression. We're going to get a little bit into some serious topics, but before I do, I want to make sure I say, if you are experiencing severe depression and you're thinking of doing something drastic, please call a professional, call someone, call a spouse, call a friend, call a family member, call your next door neighbor, go get help. Don't be afraid to talk to someone about what you're going through. Also, don't take medical advice from the internet. Today, I'm going to talk about some solutions for depression, and for the most part, I'm going to be talking about things that are appropriate for women in menopause and perimenopause and not necessarily severe clinical depression. However, I'll be talking a little bit about that later in the show. Okay, so since the passing of Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain, I've seen a lot of my friends encouraging people on social media to share their mental health stories online, in public, in these social media arenas. And I suppose it's an effort to help destigmatize depression, anxiety, and other mental health challenges. And that's fine, but here's the thing. If we're going to ask these questions, we should know what to do with the answers. Too often these questions are being asked, and these conversations are being moderated by very well-intentioned, kind, untrained individuals. I, they're doing this out of love, but they don't know what to do or how to help people who are really facing real, true challenges. The su suicide rates have increased nationally by 30% since 1999. And in 25 states, it's actually worse than that. The increase has been greater than that. This is from a recently released CDC study. So it's really important that we start to talk about this and figure out what's going wrong. I have strong feelings about what I think is going wrong, and we're gonna talk about that in the second half of the show. But I really wanna make sure that we talk about depression and depressive state in menopause and perimenopause. Now, there is the moodiness we talked about last time, there's the menopause blues, and clinical depression is a little different from that. But the thing I'm finding really interesting about these conversations in social media is how many women are saying, yeah, you know, I, I would struggle a little bit with situationally based anxiety and depression when I was a kid and growing up as a teenager. But really, since I, I've been in my 30s, I've discovered that I really have a lot of anxiety and depression that I can't explain, I can't pinpoint. What else happens in your 30s and 40s? Oh yeah, your hormones start to fluctuate. And you start to have this stress around being faced with our aging and our mortality, start to gain weight and have issues with your body image, which can lead to your problems with your sexuality. A whole bunch of other things in perimenopause and menopause can affect your sexuality. Coming to terms with not having children or not having more children. There are so many potential landmines for emotional distress in perimenopause and menopause. And when you combine that with all these hormone fluctuations that are going, in and going on in our bodies, it's no wonder that women in their 30s and 40s are having more intense depression. Oh, I just wanna jump in those conversations and say, you're at the right age for perimenopause. See your doctor, this could be a hormone thing, not a chemical imbalance. 
but you can't always do that, right? You can't always jump into every conversation and boss people around. <laughs> and when people are looking for answers because they're just trying to share their story, it's not super helpful to go in and tell them what to do. So at any rate, knowing that you're in perimenopause and menopause can be super helpful in terms of knowing what to do about your depressed state. We are going to take a short break for a word from our sponsor. Then we're going to come back and talk about solutions as well as a really important conversation that I think we should be having. For many women, menopause comes with hot flashes and night sweats, and they can be brutal. Mine kept me awake all night, so I was tired and cranky all day long. I tried all kinds of supplements and CBD oils, but nothing put a dent in my hot flashes. Then, I started using Medterra's CBD oil, and my hot flashes and night sweats were dramatically reduced in severity and frequency, so I wake up less often and get a lot more sleep. Just a dropper under my tongue in the morning and another one at night, and my hot flashes decreased by about 80%. And unlike many of the CBD oils I tried, there's almost no taste to Medterra's CBD oil, which makes it a lot easier to take. Get your CBD oil at medterra.com today and use the promo code MENOPAUSEMOMENT, all lowercase, for 10% off your order. We're back. Okay. Let's talk about some solutions for generally the depressed state present in menopause. Let me take a moment to say that if you have been feeling depressed, tired, sad, lethargic for several weeks, it's worth seeing your doctor. While your general practitioner can help you to rule out physical problems, your general practitioner is not a specialist in mental health. So think about this. Your general practitioner maybe just saw some kid with an a injured knee, or he saw this guy who has the flu, or he had this person who was there to get their blood pressure checked. Now he's coming in to see you about your depression. It's, if you had a hand injury, like my husband has a trigger finger that gets stuck. And so he goes to see a hand guy and the guy gives him a shot in his finger and he gets better. Well, why would you not go see a brain person, a mind person? Why wouldn't you go see someone who is specifically there to help you with your problems with your brain? I think going to see a psychiatrist sounds serious. What it really isn't that serious is just like going to a hand surgeon or going to see someone who specializes in knees. It's you're going to see someone who specializes in the thing you need help with. And while your doctor prescribes medicine for cholesterol and blood pressure and you know all kinds of different things, your psychiatrist only prescribes medication for the brain. So if you think about it, you're going to the exact right person who has a really in-depth knowledge of all of the medications that are available and all the different treatments that are available. What that means is that they're gonna be able to give you a much broader option, a much broader knowledge, and, and you'll have a bigger toolkit to choose from versus your GP who might just go, all right, here, take some Prozac. I think going to a psychiatrist is a great step. They're not, don't be afraid of them. They're nice people, they're there to help you. And also there's nothing wrong with going to see a therapist or a counselor, someone you can talk to without judgment or any sort of fear of, you know, anyone thinking badly of you. It doesn't, therapists aren't like that. So generally I think if you're experiencing something serious, it's wise to go and see someone who's a specialist. Now there's never anything wrong with going to see a counselor or a therapist or talking to a coach or a friend or a spouse. Go find the support that you need. 
And we're going to come back to this in a minute, but, but other things that you can do, that's, that's if you're really in trouble and you're struggling, don't be afraid to go get some help. Now, if you are having frequent bouts of depressed state, meaning your mood is shifting and you might have a cheerful day one day and down day the next day, or you might just break into tears at any moment, it's not uncommon in perimenopause and menopause. So there are some things that will help you feel better. You guys know at the top of my list is always diet and exercise. I'm a big fan of getting rid of processed foods, extra sugars and carbs, getting that stuff out of your diet and focusing on whole, unprocessed fruits and vegetables and meat, lean meats. I'm, I'm a big fan of Whole30. I'm a fan of keto, although it didn't work so well with my digestive system, but Whole30 changed my life. Like I transformed in Whole30. My whole system loves it. And I think it's a great way to build a structure and follow a structure for 30 days. And then you can kind of start to see what, how things affect you. But generally just cleaning up your diet makes a big difference in terms of your mood. And we don't often think about that, that what you eat can really change the way your brain feels and the way your body feels too. Of course, we know that, but we don't often think about how food affects our brain. Exercise is also super useful. It's been shown again and again in clinical research to help with all kinds of mental health challenges. I also think that when you're feeling down, avoid making big decisions, okay? Don't make big choices and decisions and don't decide to change your job or divorce your husband or go you know, move somewhere when you're feeling like that. Wait until you go to a movie and cheer up a little or read a book or buy yourself some flowers or you know, do something you really enjoy. Go to a sporting event. Go do something enjoyable. And then when you're feeling better, make decisions, but don't do it when you're feeling horrible. Now, I think the conversation we really need to be having about how to handle some of these big, big mental health problems that we're having, that this 30% increase nationally of suicide, I don't think it's a huge leap to say that we have progressively gotten less and less connected. I think we think we're more connected because I look through my Facebook feed and I can see that your kid graduated from high school or your uh, husband got a new job or you moved into a new house or you got a new dog or your kid had their first day of preschool, whatever. I can see all of these things in your feed. So I feel like I know what's going on in your life, except I don't because A, you're only sharing the best parts of yourself and B, we're not having the deeper conversation. How often do you say to someone, how are you? And they go, fine, I'm doing great. And how often do we say, I'm fine, I'm doing great, when we're not? So how do we go from this place, this social media that is a part of so many of our lives, and most of us are on social media in some form or another. How do we go from that where we're not connecting? And, and we also know from the research that we scroll through our Facebook feed and we begin to feel more and more depressed. Even though we know people are just sharing the best parts of themselves, we also know, like my life, which may look awesome to other people, is also filled with bumps and bruises and challenges and things that we go through. So how do we begin to have a more real conversation? How do we begin to have a more authentic connection? Because here's the thing, folks, when we were tribal beings, we had a, tri we had a village, we had a small group of people and there wasn't going to be anybody left behind. There wouldn't be somebody that like, oh, that guy, he just looks really strong, but we, you know, he's fine. Like nobody gets, nobody says that. Right. And, and now with this Anthony Bourdain thing, I think we're starting to question 
the strong among us, right? So we're saying, okay, that person seems really strong. They seem like they have a really great life. Go check in with that person because you don't know. They might have, but, but how many of us are going to go, actually, I've been really struggling lately. How many of us are going to respond to that? When I know that you're contacting me as sort of a way to check it off on your list, because you're supposed to check on the strong people in your life, and then you can say later, well, I checked in on her. Am I really? I mean, we're smart people, right? We can sense when people are checking in on us authentically or not. And so I think it's important to look around you, form your tribe, and not, not be afraid to say, I struggle too. In fact, let's make it a hashtag. I didn't really plan on this being a hashtag, but, but why not? If Me Too can change the conversation that we have about relationships and about how we relate to each other and what's appropriate and what's not and what's acceptable and what's not, why can't we have a similar conversation about mental health and our vulnerability and being willing to say, I'm struggling. I struggle too. Hashtag, I struggle too. Why not? I'm going to do it. Maybe you want to do it. Share your struggles. And let's try to make social media, at least for some of us, a more authentic place. What would happen if we did that? What would happen if we were sharing? I struggle too. And we were willing to acknowledge that. We were willing to admit that and say that to one another. I'm not having a great day. I haven't had a great week. I've had a shitty month. I've had a crappy year. I have really struggled since I found out that I couldn't have children. I'm still struggling to come to terms with that, especially when friends of mine are growing their families. And I'm happy for them but I can't lie and say that it doesn't make me sad. I think there's a lot of these things that we need to be sharing with each other. And especially as women, do you think if we were more connected to one another, if we had a village, a tribe, would you be watching this show? Would you need this show? You wouldn't because you would have the women around you who would say, oh honey, that thing you're doing when you sweat at night, yeah, that's because you're in perimenopause. It'll pass. Here's what you can do to help. You would have women around you. That's what we need. We don't need more social media platforms. We don't need more influencers. We don't need more people telling us what to do with our lives. You don't need me. You need people around you. That's what we need. We need more people around us. So today I'm starting the hashtag, I struggle too. And we'll see what happens. Maybe, maybe you'll share it. Maybe you'll try it. I'm going to try it. Hashtag I struggle too. Sometimes. There are bumps and bruises in every life. There are fears, there are anxieties, there are sad moments in every life. But it's when those things become bigger and those things become too big for us to handle on our own and we look around and where are the people? Where are the connections? Where are the people who can support us? I think sometimes we have things that happen in our lives that we're afraid to share, that seem too big to share or too altering to share. We need each other and we need to have true, genuine connections with people so that when we go through those things, we don't go through them alone. So today, don't go through something alone. Share something, say, hashtag I struggle too. Especially if you're one of the strong ones, be willing to share, I struggle too. You're not alone and you can always share your struggles with me. And if I think you need help, I'll tell you. And that's the, the commitment we make to each other. So why not? Why not? I'm rambling a little, but why not do that? I'm going to do it today. I hope you'll do it today too. Thanks for watching. Hashtag flash on and hashtag I struggle too. Thanks for watching.